It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host, Kyle, and always, as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. JR, how are you doing today, buddy? As we're recording on a very special day, which is May 19th, which combines our horror fandom and our wrestling fandom together. Um, and we'll get into later why May 19th is significant, but uh, making it through, man, this year is blowing by so fast. We literally have 12 days left in the month of May, and we will have completed five months of 2021. It is crazy to me how we're just blowing through this year. And like, I, just celebrated my 33rd birthday feeling old i feel it in my knees i feel it in my back but uh other than that you know can't complain too much because who else will listen <laughs> yeah you had a great you had a great birthday you get you you went and uh celebrated in vegas yeah it was it was so it was such an interesting trip because i, I let me, i won't dwell on this too much but like on the way over there i lost my air conditioning in my car and I'm just like, man, this sucks because just doing some estimates, talking to a few people, like it's going to cost me a decent chunk of change. And uh, it's just one of things like, man, it's like growing up, those grown up responsibilities, like, you know what? Unfortunately, growing up, life isn't all fun and play. You know, you have to have some responsibilities and fixing your car is one of them. Um, and while we we're there, it was so interesting because literally the CDC guidance had changed from you know well now if you're fully vaccinated they're saying based on guidance you don't you're not required to wear a mask anymore so literally like one day we're in vegas like everybody's wearing a mask and then the very next day nobody's wearing masks in vegas now i shouldn't say nobody but like there's a the significant percentage of people who are not wearing masks is a, was a lot more significant than it was like the day before and so um you know Hopefully, as we keep saying, uh, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated and doing all that stuff because, man, before you know it, like summer's going to get here and the places that are not yet open up, I mean, they're opening up. I mean, they were advertising, you know, Bruno Mars concerts coming back in Vegas full force, UFC coming back in full force, um, Vegas shows, you know, full capacity. At the rate we're going, I'm pretty sure there's not even going to be mass requirements. You know, even living on, you know, West Coast is extremely liberal. But even in the West Coast, like up and down California, they've already said, you know, June 15th is pretty much this is the date they're looking at ending things. I saw Illinois, they're saying by Ju July 4th. So it's coming. I mean, I just say, you know, the big thing is, you know, 
I, I don't even see I even see people I, I read I could be wrong, but I saw Ohio is doing a lottery for people. If you get vaccinated, you're gonna enter into a lottery to win a million dollars. So places are offering free food, places are offering money, places are offering, you know, t- you know, getting t- uh, sports tickets. Like it's because everybody's ready, like they're ready to go back, you know, to live their lives. Fucking 14 months of COVID is, I think a, a COVID lockdown is enough for America. Dude, yeah, I saw that about Ohio offering the lottery for vaccinated people. I wish... Uh, Every state was doing that. That would honestly get people to go get vaccinated just to even try and win money. <laughs> I, 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 that's how you get people to go get vaccinated. You offer the money. <laughs> it remind. I mean that that's a very large scale. But when I saw like people are offering like um, like some places are offering discounts, some places are offering like food. Um, it reminded me when I was in college. And we used to get we asked students to do surveys like if you do the survey, you're gonna get a free T-shirt. It's like. You'd be surprised if we can get people to do offering a, a pencil, a hamburger, or a t-shirt. But yeah, I, when I saw especially, a million dollars, yeah. that's crazy. Especially in college, man. I, I'm, when I, I, I was the same way in college. I'd freaking do whatever for something free. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I, it was, it's, you know, it's good to see though, as things are opening up and people are getting back into the workforce, um, you know, helping, you know, stimulate the economy. And, you know, it was a rough, you know, just in general, especially with the economy, it was, I mean, it was really rough. I mean, there was periods where I, you know, I legitimately thought at the beginning of the pandemic that we're going to get laid off in education, you know, because as, as working in education, the public sector, you rely on government, government revenue and, in the beginning, I mean, it was rough, but I mean, in all, in a lot of facets, things are coming back, you know, full force. I mean, the big thing, a lot of people like construction is one, uh, you know, talking to some people, I mean, there's so much high demand in construction, the housing markets are going up. People are, you know, that didn't travel wanting to redo their homes. I mean, you know, we're gonna, I think the bounce back, it's gonna, it's going to happen. A, it's very accelerated throughout the summer and like by fall, you know, you know, forbid that there isn't like a, a drastic step back, you know, obviously there's still more research being done with the variants and stuff like that, but the bounce back between summer and fall from the previous, you know, 14 months, I think is going to be really, really high. I mean, though I, I was mentioning Vegas, you know, Vegas suffered really high because, you know, hard because of their tourism, you know, that they get in Vegas, that those Brutal Mar concerts, they're selling like, you know, when I went to see Brutal Mars in Vegas before COVID hit, I think I paid $500 for the two tickets for my wife and I, which was like in the high, one, the upper level. That same area in July is $700 a ticket. They're selling three, four, five, six thousand dollar ticket, pa- ticket hotel packages. For people and selling out for Bruno's Mars. Once Lady Gaga comes back, I mean, it's going to be another thing, like another, you know, the same thing because she's so popular as well. Like the the economy I, is really going to bounce back, in my opinion. I know people are not here to listen to our my economy, you know, stance for, but for what I know based on 
you know, a lot of reading and seeing things and, you know, from my own eyes and articles, like it's, it's going to come in a big way. So especially as people are picking up travel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for, uh, vaccines and wearing masks and wanting people to stay safe. But, you know, it, 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 uh, with that being said, you know, even I just can't help but feel happy about seeing how, everything's opening back up and everything seems to be back on track to getting back to a normal way of life. Now, the, my only concern is that uh, I just hope we're not making a mistake by doing this too, too fast, you know? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, um, and I'll leave it at this so we can move on and talk about why people are actually listening to us. But when I, you know, seeing Vegas open up and people and things again, you know, we're there and they had limited capacity shows, but Vegas was so packed. Those limited capacity shows were, were getting sold out. And as they get into July, there's no more limited capacity shows they're doing. They're, they're doing full capacity and they're selling out. Um, I think, you know, we're at the point where like, listen, either people are going to get the vaccine or people are not going to get the vaccine. I've been fully vaccinated and I have no problem saying it. And even when I was there, I told, you know, I was at a wrestling event and I took pictures with people and there were, I said, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know if I um, can I take a picture. And they're like, yeah, I said, you know, I just want you to know if it makes you feel comfortable and fully vaccinated and um, even getting, you know, an elevator and stuff like that. But eventually, you know, now that they were at that point and as people are getting more comfortable now that they're fully vaccinated, it's like, if you're not fully vaccinated, then that's on you if something happens you're you're now accountable for your life and i think that's kind of been the difference now compared to let's say december before the vaccine was widely available in the united states as it is now like the vaccine is widely available is that as people are vaccinated it's like hey the hospitalizations are coming down cases are coming down so it's like if you contract covid and you're not vaccinated because you choose not to get vaccinated and unfortunately, if something happens where you have some catastrophic side effects that change, that alters, you know, your lung capacity, affects your lungs, lung scarring, potentially even causes, you know, death. Um, that that's gonna be on that's that's on that person, and I think where everybody else who hasn't vaccinated, they I think feeling more confident going out into the place so they can say, hey we need to open up the economy now because now that we're fully vaccinated and we're feeling more comfortable going traveling or going to a restaurant or doing that, I don't have to worry about somebody not taking those precautions potentially affecting me. And I, I mean, I'll be honest, like being in Vegas and being at the wrestling shows, um, you know, sitting down at restaurants, you know, some places had social distancing, some places, the social distancing was a little bit narrow, but even being in the casino, being on the streets, like I felt, I felt, you know, more comfortable. Like now that I'm fully vaccinated and, you know, for over a month now, like I don't have to worry about like, Hey, somebody may cough all over me or somebody breathe in my face or, and that I could potentially, you know, could get sick and affect me. Same, you know, my parents are fully vaccinated. That was the other concern I had, you know, so I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I mean, when I was at that wrestling show, I mean, we're, you know, sitting next to each other and the most part, everybody pretty much had a mask, but 
when things start getting crazy, you know, for those who know I'm talking about, I'm talking about Game Changer Wrestling. There are some very big hardcore spots in that show. And we had to move out of the way and we're huddled together pretty closely on top of each other to make sure we didn't get killed. It was like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't, if this was like three months ago, I probably wouldn't be here. But, you know, now being fully vaccinated, you know, and for over a month now, I feel a lot more confident. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Uh, it's like, you know, and now that I'm fully vaccinated, you know, I'm also part of the fully vaccinated gang. Uh, but uh, and, and and now that I'm fully vaccinated and everything and everything and a lot more people and more people that I, I'm around every day are vaccinated now. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable than I was now. Like I don't I don't really freak out as I don't really freak out anymore about about, about most of this stuff about uh, being around other people and and, and stuff. I, I'm I'm feel, I feel comfortable going out and in, in, in places now. A few months ago, no, I definitely I definitely wouldn't. But, but now but now I'm I'm fine with it. I still wear my mask out. <laughs> Uh, everywhere just because you know it makes it a little bit more comfortable and i, I honestly don't mind it I, I've, I've gotten used to it to the point where it doesn't bother me anymore and uh, now at work uh we actually uh, uh they told us we can wear a mask or we don't have to wear a mask and if we're fully vaccinated uh if we provide proof that we're fully vaccinated uh, and i did it a couple days ago we actually get a bonus on our upcoming check for being fully vaccinated which i thought was cool but but i also had the option of not wearing a mask but i'm still gonna wear my mask anyway just because i don't really uh, i don't really mind wearing it and i don't don't really trust the people around that i work with so i I don't really (laughs) i'll tell you what uh when that day came i I don't know why it was specifically that day. Um, it was Monday, and I was like, okay, well, let, let me, I if I don't need it. I didn't have a mask on me. I forgot a mask um, in the room when I left my room to go get dinner. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to I don't have to worry about getting in trouble. So, you know, and I hit that casino floor. And, you know, I have, I have some lung issues because, as I mentioned before in a previous show, you know, I was um, – I, I can't say for certain, but I have been, the doctors suspect me to be an early case of COVID. This was going back to February, 2020, and there was no testing for it. So like sometimes for certain things, is, uh, for example, like cigarette and cigar smoke, it is really not good for me to breathe it because it really messes with me like pretty badly. Um, and so when I hit that casino floor, I was like, you know what? I probably should put on the mask because this cigar and cigarette smoke, for some reason, is hitting a lot harder today than I feel like it was the previous few days. So um, that came in very handy. But the good thing, though, as things are opening up, that means movie theaters are opening up. And movie theaters are opening up. And we have coming up uh, at the end of May, Memorial Day weekend, the sequel to A Quiet Place. Quiet Place Part 2 starring Emily Blunt is coming out. So movie theaters are opening up. People are going to be able to go see horror films now. And that's why we're here is to talk about horror films. Exactly. Excellent uh, tr- transition there. Uh, I don't know if, if you've seen it yet. I haven't got to see it yet. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'll get to see it before it leaves theater. I, I'm not sure if I'll get to. Uh, a Spiral from the Book of Saul. Uh, it, it came out recently. And 
I've heard mixed reviews. Uh, some some of my friends who I see it, who I who I trust their for their reviews of stuff that they said it it was good and worth seeing. And I've seen some stuff online saying that it was really unnecessary, but uh, I'm hoping I'll get to see it whenever before at least theater. But uh, that's out now. Uh, like you said, a Quiet Place Part Two is coming out here soon, and I think there was one more. Uh oh! Uh, a Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It is coming out soon. The Conjuring Three, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for all three. Of so them. that uh, the Conjuring, um, starring Patrick Wilson, Vera Far uh, is coming out June fourth that week, uh, the weekend. And that's one of the things that I've noticed is uh, it seems that movie theaters kind of or movie companies kind of timed it. Uh, I think. You know, I don't know if this was, I'm pretty sure it was intentionally, but it aligned correctly for them. Um, for a lot of their big releases coming instead of the beginning of May, more towards the end of May, um, and more so in June, the end of June. So, for example, as I mentioned, a lot of the um, up and down the West Coast, you're going to see a lot of those social distancing guidelines lifted. And this isn't a horror film, but at that's going to happen around the middle of June. Well, at the end of June, I think probably the biggest blockbuster of that's going to drop of the year is going to be the, the ninth installment of the fast and furious franchise. And then come July and August and September. And you know what I'm waiting for come October Halloween kills October 15th. So we're going to be a lot of movies that are going to be dropping uh, at towards the end of June throughout the rest of the year to make up for the the loss of movies in the year 2020 and in the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beginning of uh, 2022, we'll, uh, we'll have all those coming out. And then, you know, to start off next year with a bang in January, we got scream the, I cannot wait for that, but I, I, uh, that's what I'm most excited about, but I'm definitely on board uh, for Halloween kills in October. That's, that's going to be great. Yeah. And let me say this ahead of time, you know, to re-educate people who are listening, you know, for the dozens and dozens of our fans, please remember movie etiquette. Don't talk on your phones. Don't talk during a movie. Don't take pictures during a movie. Get your drinks, get your snacks, Sit down, enjoy the show, and allow everybody else to be enjoyed by the show because there's a lot of movies coming out I want us to movie theaters, and I do not want people with, who lack movie etiquette ruining movie theaters for me. So I'm hoping as we come back that people remember there's no talking in a, during a movie. That's true. Very true. Way to tell them, JR. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so let's get let's get into some uh, a couple of news tidbits for uh for this week yeah yeah we'll, we'll actually have some news uh uh two big news things just dropped today pretty stoked about it i'll let jr talk about uh the main one but the one i want to go over real quick is uh so uh you know of course i think we talked about it before everybody knows that uh, there is a netflix live action series about wednesday adams called wednesday coming out uh, soon and it's directed by tim burton uh well today they dropped that jenna ortega who you, you may have known if you've seen the netflix movie the babysitter killer queen 
or if you've seen uh, the Netflix series uh, You, she was in season two of You, and she's going to be in the new Scream movie, uh, Channel Ortega. Uh, she is uh, been cast as Wednesday, uh, as Wednesday Adams in the series, and I am I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I, I think she did she she did great in the the Babysitter Killer Queen, and I, I loved her in season two of You as well. So I, I think she'll be good. I'm I'm holding out hope, fingers crossed, that Christina Ricci gets announced as Morticia. What are your thoughts on it, Jr.? Um, I I knew she looked familiar, and I she's extremely young. She's 18 years old. She's going to be 19, and I think she has a bright future ahead of her. Um, I I now when you said Babysitter Killer Queen, it clicked on me why I thought she looked familiar. Um, another role, or basically her first known role, was she played young Jane in Jane the Virgin, which was a show that ran for about um, five or six years on the CW. And so, uh, I mean, she has already at, at a young age, she has done some, I think she has a pretty good you know, film credit. And now adding this to her uh, resume is definitely going to be a big kudos for her. And so I'm, um, and did we mention she's also going to be in Scream? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I mentioned it. I apologize. But yeah, so I mean, she's, she's getting there. And so I think it's, um, I'm interested to see her, you know, how it works out. The one I will say, um, you and I were, were, we talk a lot about the importance of diversity um, especially in film, it's been talked about so much about the importance of diversity. I mean, you hear a lot of the issues that go on with like the Golden Globes and the, the Oscars about lack of uh, diverse nominations. Um, the I I know there's a lot of push, and I get it that they hope Gomez Adams is casted by, is, is played yeah. by uh, Johnny Depp, and I get it, Johnny Depp especially in Tim Burton films, like he just takes it up another level. Like I get it. Yeah. But I, the name I threw out and I just think it could work is I really hope that they look at Pedro Pascal who played, you know, the Mandalorian was also in one room in 1984. Um, He is from, he was born in, I believe Santiago, Chile. He's, you know, Hispanic descent, Hispanic. uh, And, I just think he could play that look of Gomez Adams, especially when you look at the original Gomez Adams in the in the Adams Family movie, uh, with that was with Christina Ricci is played by I'm gonna mess up his last name. Um, yeah, I always mess up his last name. Uh, Ru- Ru- um, he also played, um, which I thought was hilarious. Was amazing to find out um, he played. Uh, Bison in the Street yeah, Fighter film. Yeah, yeah, he played M. Bison. And yeah. so, which I always thought was kind of, um, yeah, was kind of interesting. Why can I not think of this guy's name? That's not, it's not uh, Raul Julia is his name. Uh, fortunately, Raul Julia passed away some years ago, but he, you know, he was for a uh, born in Puerto Rico. I just think the legacy of maintaining that and uh, that character and paying homage to a fellow uh, Lat- 
um, Hispanic, you know, actor probably yeah. would be great. So I just, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit there and bitch and complain. It's like, if you cast, they cast Johnny Depp, because I know he'll do a good job, but I just yeah. think as we, especially as we talk about the importance of diversity and, and, and cinema, I thought, I think it would be good. And that, that's my pick because that's the, that's the first one I thought about. Um, and I thought I kind of pulled up a comparison. I was like, I think he kind of, he kind of would do a good job playing Gomez Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I I used to be on the the train for you know Johnny Depp playing Gomez. You know I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan. Uh, I I was on that train until the other until a couple of days ago. I saw somebody made a tweet saying, uh, "Please cast a Hispanic as as Gomez in 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 the the, the Wednesday series." And I was like, you know, yeah, that that definitely would be much much better. And and so now like uh. I wanted uh, th- that's what I'm hoping for now uh, over Johnny Depp, just because it would you know play more into the legacy of the original Gomez. So um, the last bit of news that we have would be coming in July on Netflix. It's going to be a three movie three weeks trilogy uh, called Fear Street, which is based on the R.L. Stein. Um, book series film uh, fear street that came out between 1989 through 1999 um and then the one part um i don't know i'm pretty positive it doesn't cover it but he also revived it in 2014 uh the book series and it will be on july 2nd will be the first release which is and i'm these are Fridays. So part one, Friday, July 2nd, 1994. Part two, July 9th, uh, 1978. And then part three, uh, Friday, July 16th, and it's labeled uh, 1666. So the series was spe- the series is more than 50 books, and it was known as a, as a source material that's slightly scarier than uh, R.L. Stein's other book series that I grew up reading, which was Goosebumps. So I was a boost, a goosebumps kid more than a fear street kid. So um, I'm yeah. excited though because I, I always said the very joke that we all have is if it was good, if it was a good book, they'll make it into a, a movie, and that's what they did with this. So I, I'm excited yeah. for it, dude. I'm I, I'm stoked for you. Uh, like you, I grew up reading goosebumps, but I also was big into the fear streets as well. Cause, uh, after I got out of goosebumps, I wanted to have something, you know, a little more edgier, you know, and, and, and here a little more edgier, a little, a little bit more on the adult side. And that's what fear street was. And, uh, so when they announced this, I'm excited for it, but like, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but what's even better is that not only will we get an RL Stein, like movie, movie series, it's rated R so you know it's going to be good <laughs> yeah and you know one of the things that people if people are wondering like why is it a difference is when in the horror genre and let's say especially when we'll give the example rl stein there's two goosebumps movies and goosebumps was kind of a parental guidance but for something to be especially you know more scary 
if you do that PG rating, you're kind of limiting yourself of what you can do. And these books are based on murders. So having a book that's based on murders and you're going to bring that into a PG, it's kind of limiting the what you can do. When you change that to a rated R level rating, it opens it up to be a much more scarier, much, you know, your elaborate, especially, you know, your effects, your death scenes, whatever that you're going to do. And so like an example I'll give is like, go look at, I'm pretty confident in saying this, I could be wrong, but like, go look at alien versus predator. The first one, and then go compare that to any alien or predator movie, like the original and see like the difference of how, it shot the kills and everything like that because that PG-13 rating, PG range just really limits your capabilities for a horror film. Not that it can't be good, but man, when you are so, when you talk to people who are into like the horror, especially like the effects, the gore, the kills, it really limits that. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, uh, like you know, we're not saying there's not any good PG-13 horror movies because th- there definitely are. But more, there's more R-rated over PG. All the you know, if I had to choose between PG thirteen or R-rated horror movie, I'm going to go with R-rating all the all the way. But uh, has uh, has all the news uh, we got for now. So uh, as uh, some of our friends always say, uh, we're, let's get into. It's time to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, as Jr. mentioned earlier. Uh, it's May 19th, and if you're a wrestling fan, especially an old-school, early 2000s, raw, SmackDown wrestling fan, uh, uh, you know what, what May 19th is. Uh, we're talking about uh, 2006's uh, See No Evil, starring K- WWE uh, uh, now legend, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, Kane, uh, uh, also, uh, whose real name is Glenn Jacobs, who is also the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> which is you know it's hilarious that I that I had to say all that at once. Uh, but he stars in this in 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 this film. This film was was basically made for him because from what I read, the the character of Jacob Goodnight was was designed for him uh, specifically. But uh, but before we get into the full thing i guess uh yeah i mean thing you want to say before 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 we get into the full review of it jr um well one of the things that's important to note is um see no evil it, it was released as we we're recording exactly 15 years ago to the day um as we we're recording yes and this was jr's real big on date anniversaries uh, i can't help it i apologize <laughs> this was <laughs> the first um this was the first major motion picture film that was produced by uh, WWE Films. Previously, yeah, yeah. they released; they were partnered and released um, two rock films: uh, "The Rundown" in September two thousand three, "Walking Tall" in April two thousand four. But this was the first. Um, the first for foray into films by WWE and they went with this horror one. 
um they the goal was to release i believe one or two films a year later and in, in just as a tidbit later 2006 in october they released uh the marine they produced the marine starring john cena um and then uh in april 2007 they released the condemned with starring stone cold steve austin which was yeah so <laughs> I, I actually really liked that movie well unfortunately nobody <laughs> else like not a lot of people liked any of these three films because those are the only three films that got um the like full theatrical release in yeah. uh like major theatrical release into the films like there were some other ones that kind of got like limited releases um but not as significant as these three and like each i think like the marine broke even um or did like slightly better than even um and then the condemned i guess with that one it was basically like an updated version of the running man uh i don't even i think they lost a significant amount of money on that one and they just said like after they went straight to they actually ended up finding a lot of success on on home video releases especially you know rentals and purchases so that's the route they ended up going for after that but this was one of three the first of three major motion picture releases that were produced by wb films yeah uh and for, for those wondering like well, what the significance of us saying may 19th besides the the release date of it so so what they did you know you know said this is starring a uh a, this is starring w wrestler kane so when they were getting ready to release when this movie was getting ready to start releasing they started promos for this movie they did this thing where they brought this onto the show where wrestlers would randomly say may 19th or like whoever said may not whatever wrestler would say may 19th kane would attack them in wrestling for saying may 19th and in storyline they were basically trying to say that that was the date of when the fire uh that his character was in happened that caused him to turn into the monster he is so so, so that's how they did it in storyline but but they had wrestlers just constantly saying may 19th week after week and then kane would attack them and then what was even better was that uh uh he, he stayed in his jacob goodnight character when he would attack him because he would go after the uh character the other talent's eyes whenever he attacked him uh, just like his character Jacob Goodnight in this movie. Well, the other thing too, what they also did was, um, in part of it was that they were cutting like promos about like there was somebody doing like a voiceover promo and the lights would go flickery. They say May nineteenth, and it had something symbolic of Kane. And after I think it was like the weekend, the Monday night after May nineteenth, because. You know, May 19th, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be wrong saying this, was a Friday uh, when movies are released, or typically Fridays. So that Monday, they had this um, imposter Kane, like, that was supposed to be a person from Kane's past, like, attack him. And it was all supposed to be around May 19th. It was just really, it, it was just a really weird thing that they did, um to help promote the movie it it didn't last long like i think it lasted like three or four weeks and then they realized that it was crap and they were supposed to have like this blow-off match 
and the fake Kane beat up the Kane, the real Kane, but then they realized like it was literally like it was as they say in wrestling term the shits because it was so bad. The next Monday, the real Kane beat the fake Kane, took his mask back, and then kicked him out, and we never saw the fake Kane again. It just was not. It wasn't good. It was. Re- it was a really piss poor job on trying to promote the the event. The, the excuse me, pr- promote the movie. Yeah, it it, 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 it was interesting to say the least. Because I mean, back when I, I remember, I, 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 uh, uh, this I was watching wrestling. This was uh, a time when I was watching wrestling before I quit for for like almost for over and, a decade. And this was the reason I why back. Kyle quit was because of this shitty ass storyline. He told me no, it, it, it wasn't that. But uh, but but uh, I remember them doing this whole May 19th thing and I was just sitting there like and I didn't think to look up any this was back uh, I didn't think to look up look up anything about it anything I'd never hearing about a movie but I didn't put it put two and together I was like what the hell is this happening on May 19th like like, what is this this must be something huge happening for them to keep doing it and then it wasn't nothing it was just this movie and it was it was just it's still to this day people bring it up like I mean all today on social media you know that comes up on our timeline Kyle is my timeline like, everybody's like happy May 19th happy May 19th I'm like honest to god I don't know why because it was such a shitty storyline and um and we're getting into the film review right now like it's nothing memorable like it's not like you know something that was some amazing storyline came out of it like it was it was really horrible the following week when they had the, this fake king come out he had this horrible shitty ass like twisted sister like you know big 80s hair wig on that it just it was all bad so but i thought you know it's as Kyle said, you know, I am big on dates. I was like, you know what? This would be a movie that'd be great to cover because it is a horror film. It is, you know, kind of combines our passions for love and wrestling. And, you know, sometimes what we can knock a movie tends, I feel like tend to be some of our funner ones. So um, that's why I was excited to listen. Let's get into this one. And I honestly will say um, I, I have a different outlook on this movie because I think I understood what they were trying to do with this movie. I could be completely wrong, but once we get into the review, I'll discuss uh, some of my opinions about it. But when I first saw this movie, which is probably towards the end of 2006, I think when I got my job, I bought the DVD when it came out on DVD. And I was like, I saw it once and I was like, I never got to see it again until this week. Yeah, I feel the the same way Jr. does. It's like uh, I don't know. I was ready when when he were, when he chose this movie. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just gonna be a movie that we're just gonna shit all over because it is fucking terrible. Until I watched it, and uh, it's still not a good movie by any means. But you know, it, it, it's not the worst. It, it, it has re- some redeemable qualities, and you know, I give them credit for trying. And, and the thing is, is that the director of the movie, this is his first and only film. He's only ever done music videos and a couple of documentaries, but uh, b- before this film, and I think still till this day, which you know, obviously says something. But but, but like the, the, you know, it, this movie it has an interesting premise. You know, I, I give them credit for you know trying to come up with their own character. And and create this this horror character out of their own, but you know it just didn't quite hit. Now I will say though, before we get into it, though, I will say though, uh, if you have seen this movie and you don't you didn't think it was good, 
and then you, you never wanted to see another and, and then like you saw that there is there is a sequel to this movie called Sino Evil 2 and if you saw that there was a sequel and you didn't watch it because you didn't like how this movie is you need to re reevaluate that and watch the sequel the sequel is so much better and honestly a really good underrated horror gym in my opinion i i love the sequel i, I honestly can't wait to, till, till we talk about it on here here's i will say um i don't want to give away some of my opinions on the Sino evil but i don't think Sino evil is a straight slasher film and i'll, and I'll get into why i think that um but Sino evil 2 i think the i believe correct me if i'm wrong it was directed by the I don't think I'm gonna say their names right. The Soka sisters. Yes. And also starred Daniel Harris, who, you know, from uh Halloween four and five as young Jamie Lloyd, uh played characters, you know, had a cameo role in Urban Legends, was in um what what's your favorite movie starring Kane Hodder? One of your favorite movies, Kyle? Hatch- Hatchet uh, two you know shoots in Hatchet and- Two. And, and Hatchet 3 And I just well. think an r- extremely underrated actress, in my opinion. I think she has amazing facial facial features in that Dude. as oh, yeah. she's in her roles, even going to her young role as Jamie Lloyd. It, I think it's a great... Yeah. I, I, I saw Sino Evil 2, especially when I heard Daniel Harris was going to be in it because I really do appreciate her. Same. Um, I think it's a legit slasher film. It, it really plays to that, to that, that, that particular genre. Um, it has a... a I think a very uh, interesting ending. This film, I think it's a mesh, and I'll explain that in a minute when we get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's a lot of things that this that I saw that they could have executed a lot better in this film. But yeah, the the sequel, fucking great. Like, go out of your way, watch that film. We highly recommend that one. Uh, you know, start Daniel Harris. You know. Uh, Jr. was saying it. Uh, you know, you know. I know most people always say like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis or Neve Campbell or something as their horror queen. Daniel Harris is my horror queen. That's the one that I, I watch almost any film she's in. But yeah, definitely go see the sequel. Uh, but uh, if, you know, we're not keeping you longer. We'll, we'll we'll get straight into it. Uh, like I said, we're talking about 2006's uh, See No Evil. Hit the trailer. What's that? Hello? What do you want? See no evil. And all right. So, see no evil stars as we said earlier glenn jacobs kane it was directed by gregory dark who we said who was said earlier this is his first and only horror uh, film and film in general he's only ever directed music videos and documentaries before this film and i'm pretty sure up till this film it was produced by vince fitman and joel simon it was written by dan uh ten madigan and it stars you know kane christina Adele, uh, Michael J. Pagan, 
uh, music was by Tyler Bates, which is cool. Uh, he, he does. He, he's a huge. He, he's real big in cinema and stuff. Uh, he uh, Tyler Bates did uh, the score for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he does a lot of Marvel stuff. He's a great composer. Uh, it, it was distributed by Lions Gates. The production company, is, as we said, was WWE Films. It has a runtime of eighty-five minutes. Which is so so it's a pretty quick film. You can get to it, you know, just just an hour and twenty minutes, hour and twenty five minutes. Uh, uh, it goes by real quick. Like I said, it was released by it was released May nineteenth, two thousand six. It had a budget of eight million, and it made a box office of about eighteen point six million. So you know, wasn't a very profitable movie, but you know. It didn't lose well, money. I will say this, and this is well, why I think they ended up ending the theatrical run and going into just straight to DVD sales, is based on DVD sales and rentals. That's where they made their money because they they made over approximately forty five million dollars in DVD sales and rentals. And so while it did not do good in the box office, it sure made up for it when they got released on DVD. Um, and that's like I said, that's where I I purchased the DVD when I this this movie came out a few weeks before my high school graduation. So I started working in college that fall. That's when I bought it. So um, that's where they start finding their success. So I could see why they they skipped out on the theat on the theatrical run and went straight to DVD. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't think I saw this. Uh, I, I I didn't see this in theaters. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw I saw it like uh, a, f- a few years back. I may have seen it uh, on a streaming I, um, site. I had a friend as I was going through this film. I got to say this, and he's. I told him I was we're covering this film, and he's like, "Man." I, w- I took a date out on that. I-, I took my wife out on a, one of our first dates on that. I was like, wow, she still married you after that. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, I don't think I would want to live with myself after going and seeing this in the movie theater. But hey, you know, glad she found a redeeming quality in you that wasn't this film. So um, let's get into it because um, this is going to be... I want to get into yeah. my thoughts about this film as we go through the review. It starts yeah. off in the beginning uh, of with um, Officer Frank Williams and his partner Blaine. They are going in to investigate a, a, a an abandoned home, and they f- find this young woman. They're trying to help her, and as they grab the you know as they try to reach out for this woman, they notice that her eyes are missing. When that happens, all of a sudden you see a silhouette of a very large person takes an axe and murders officer Blaine with that axe. And he chops off the arm of officer Frank Williams before, um, but before that happens or at the same time, almost simultaneously officer Williams ends up shooting the attacker in the head. Afterwards, uh, detectives come in, they discover, seven dead bodies in the house all with their eyes ripped out 
And right away, I think the first part is that we see this and I get you're kind of setting like this is some, you know, foreshadowing, foretelling, you're laying out like the groundwork, but it's why are these people's eyes missing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like that in the beginning you see people's eyes missing because, you know, the movie is called See No Evil. And so it, you know, it plays into, you know, the, the title in a way and um so we're gonna fast track after this so we get the title card and you know then we get four years later we see um this woman named hannah and a group of female which come to find out female delinquents uh christine who's played by christina vidal who is from uh, she had a very uh, kind of a Disney type follow. She did some Disney films. The one that I remember, this is going back years before, um, she was in the Disney TV movie called Brink, which was about uh, roller skating. I remember watching that as a kid. Um, and then, so in addition to Christina, we see Kira play. Um, Melissa and also Zoe, who Zoe followed up See No Evil with a uh, she had a supporting role in the movie Transformers and is also, I think, most famously known as Trisha Walker, the sister of Jessica Jones, and was in the uh, Netflix Marvel shows Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and the Defenders uh, miniseries. Oh, that's yes. who that is. I knew she, she, also, she also had a small reincurring role as Dr. Lucy Fields in Grey's Anatomy. Um, I believe she played the character that was a friend of Meredith that lied her way through like medical school and somehow became a doctor. But everybody, would, if you've seen Jessica Jones on Netflix, you will know uh, she is the sister, uh, Trish Walker. So, um, but the one, like I said, also, I after seeing this, I directly saw her. She played um, in Transformers. She played the character of Maggie Matson, who was like the one who kind of broke like the code that determined like there was some like organic being that would end up being Autobots that would um, that helped decode the virus, and you know essentially that helped figure out like what is Autobots and transformers and the all spark and stuff like that so um but she was only in the first transformers we didn't see her again after the first one uh in a, so we see them they're four girls in addition to that they stop at a, a male a teenage male facility where we meet uh officer frank williams who is now missing arm and he has a um Try to think of the correct term, a prosthetic arm. That's the word I'm looking for. And we also meet Michael, Tyson, Richie, and Russell. And they're a part of a special program where they're going to do community service in order for them to get some time shaved off their uh, gel senses. And they go to what's known as the Abandoned Blackwell Hotel. Uh, and they want to convert this into a homeless shelter which when they meet the proprietor um, who 
whose name is Margaret. And we see them interacting with each other and we find out that there's they already just they're basically messing around with each other, getting into trouble. Um and that night Michael, Zoe, Russell, Melissa decide to go to the penthouse to uh do some drugs. Uh Tyson and Richie decide to look for a safe that they found that was never found that belonged to the owner of the abandoned hotel to hopefully recover uh, lost wealth where they run into a recently uh, uh, they run into a dead body and Richie panics runs off and he ends up being uh, dragged into an elevator with a hook by which you come to find out would be Jacob Goodnight. Yeah, dude. I love this uh, the scene of the, the elevator coming down and revealing Jacob Goodnight and then the guy running and then him throwing the hook and chain and dragging him into the thing. Uh, what's funny, and this is one of the things that they changed in the movie that I'm glad they did. Originally, the hook and chain was supposed to be CGI. Little fucking stupid idea from the beginning right there. Uh, but... Uh, 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 Kane actually uh, got so proficient in training with with the hook and chain that he was able to just do it all live himself so they didn't have to use CGI. Which, I mean, it's really good because as you and I talked about, like, just regular props is uh, the way to go. Like, CGI is just, and we're going to, I'm going to cover that later, like, because it is used in this, it's just in this film later on is just looks bad dude that that cgi is fucking terrible um so when this happens uh margaret the proprietor tells hannah who's one of the chaperones along with uh officer frank that the elevator is being used hannah goes to check on the group where then she is killed in the elevator by jacob as this happens uh Christine tries to help Kira escape the hotel, but Jacob attacks Kira with his hook and takes her into a dumbwaiter. When that happens, Christine runs into Frank and tells um, what happened and who and who killed. They run into Rick. They run into um, Tyson, who tells them what happened to Richie. Frank realizes that it was Jacob that did it, and thinking that Jacob was dead because he shot him in the head. Realize that's him and that he has to put a stop to it and kill Jacob. Um, well, unfortunately for Frank, when he by the time he figures this out, he tries to go after Jacob. Jacob um, takes him out by dropping the hook through the ceiling and hooking him through the th- basically underneath his throat and picking him up and killing him. That that, that that death was awesome. No, it, it, that was, it was very well done. And, you know, obviously there was some com- commotion. So you think, well, maybe something, you know, maybe he not survived, but maybe he potentially could have taken him out and then he gets dropped. And it's like, nope, my man Frank didn't make it. Which it's kind of, I think it's kind of an early death because we're still like in the very beginning of meeting our horror character, Jacob. And since he has a, and I remember even thinking this in the, when I first saw it, you know, he has a history of Frank. We, the whole beginning of the movie was to set up Frank. Yeah. It's like... Yes, so, like, that was so unfucking necessary. Like, why yeah, you have that? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that Frank should have lived, but he probably should have, like, stayed around at least towards, like, more than... He should have stayed yeah. around for longer. Yeah. Um, 
it, it makes the beginning completely so, unnecessary. Uh, Christine and uh, Tyson, they pick up Frank's gun and they go after to try to get an escape. Um, Kira, we find out, is being held hostage by Jacob because she has religious tattoos. And... And, uh, like, uh, <laughs> we kind of skipped over it, but uh, the reason Jacob is... Uh, holding her hostage because you know because she has the religious tattoos he knows that because there was the earlier scene where kira is in the shower and jacob is spying on her through a hole in the wall and he sees that she has like religious tattoos but then there's also a moment in there where uh, uh michael who we find out is uh kira's ex-boyfriend who was abusive he tries. He try, He's trying to do some shitty things to her, but she, uh, he gets stopped by. Uh, is it? Is it Zo- uh, Is it Melissa? Or or Zoe? I can't remember. One of them stops. Uh, stops him when he runs off, and and like you know, Michael's the abusive ex of Kira, and you know, he's already shitty from that point. But this will play on later on and i'll bitch about that later on on the, <laughs> something that's really shitty that i think the other thing too is when this happens we also see these like kind of these flashbacks uh scenes where jacob is being told like to wash the sin away wash the sin away by what looks like his mother and you know sinning's bad and this is one of the things i wanted to mention so when I first saw this film, I thought this was a really shitty slasher film. But the more I, I thought about it and now seeing this, when you see these flashbacks of, you know, you start seeing like religious parts of it, like the, you know, the importance of the religious tattoos, washing the sin away. It kind of feels like they're trying to mesh like Carrie, like Carrie's mom with like a slasher film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I got out of it too. It's like Carrie. Yeah, so like when it. I saw that, I was like, okay, it kind of made me like have a different opinion because like I think I know what they're trying to do. At least I, you know, this is the way I interpret it. So because of the importance of like that psychological, you know, part of where his mother's time to wash the sin away and and basically get rid of the sin and and um and in this part, which we're coming, which looks like especially with the original um, seven dead bodies, like basically killing sinners is that there is that element of like more of a psychological aspect um, with this slasher. So I'm like, that's for me where like my opinion kind of improved on it because I feel like they took it to a direction where I first saw it. I didn't understand what that direction was. And now with my interpretation, and part of it was because I saw Carrie after the fact, after I saw this movie the first time, I was like, okay, I think I know what they're trying to get to, um, which is why I, I have a different outlook on this film. But yeah, 100% so um, as Kira's being held hostage, we also every time that Jacob kills somebody, he rips their eyes out because again, it's still is to take the sin away and you know the sinning eyes um we we go back and we see melissa and russell were in a room by themselves but now they're being chased by jacob 
Well, Russell tries to help Melissa escape by luring her through a window where, um, with like, I, I think it was like almost like a fire hose. Well, when he's doing that, as he's, as Melissa's getting lowered, Jacob, um, basically like takes Russell out and begins to pull up Melissa to try to get her, but Melissa is able to fight off. Well, then Jacob lets her go. And when she, when she drops out of the window, she survives the fall, but she breaks her arm. But she ends up, when this happens, there's a hole in like this atrium where like it's kind of the middle of this hotel area. Um, she previously had met this dog when they were having lunch and she tried to feed this dog. Well, the dog comes back and the, the dog starts licking the blood that she spilled from her broken arm. Then he starts barking and then also we see a pack of dogs come and completely like essentially you know eat um melissa alive yeah dude, and they, honestly they when i saw this i was and... like you know this is actually a pretty cool death scene the way that they shot it and, and ended it it, 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 it didn't look fake it, it didn't look phony you understood what the principle was it, it was i thought it was a really good death scene yeah and and how and how like insane is it that they had a because uh, uh you know, we can go over it, but Melissa you know you said that Melissa wanted to feed the dog earlier Melissa's also a vegan and so she gets killed See, by that, animals that's some psychological <laughs> shit right there insane. man <laughs> that's psychological shit yeah see so there is some smart stuff in this movie. But then there's a lot of stuff that's not executed well, which ruins it. But yeah, like I said, there's some good stuff in this film, and and, and that's one of them. I, I, I loved I loved her, her death scene and the fact that the entire time while she's being lowered, she's sitting there screaming, "Let me go, let me go!" And, and you see Jacob Jacob smile smile and just lets her go. <laughs> After while this happens. Um... After he after Jacob drops Melissa, he goes back to Russell, and I seriously like he drops like his knee on Jacob's throat and completely crushes it, and then rips his eye out. So that basically takes. So now we have uh, we had Richie, Russell, Melissa, Frank, and Hannah taken off the board, which leaves the hotel proprietor Margaret, Tyson, Christina. Zoe, Kira, and Michael. So we have, if I did my math correctly, six people left. Um, so when this happens, um, we see Michael's with Zoe, and Jacob attacks them. So Zoe... Um, Ends up her and Michael and splitting up, and they go into hiding. And Zoe nearly escapes, you know, Jacob by hiding in like this closet area in this room. And when Jacob, you know, Jacob doesn't see her leaves, but what happens is Zoe has a cell phone and it goes off, so that's alerts Jacob to go back. So Jacob goes back, open like this closet door. It's more of a um armoire, I think, is what the term is. He takes the cell phone and he shoves it down Zoe's mouth. Uh, basically down her throat and she dies by basically suffocating or choking on her cell phone and then he pulls her out yeah well that was a badass death like 
uh, whenever he did that to her, all I could think about was this right here would be one of the worst ways to die. Like I, I, I I'm, I, I would, I'm terrified of like choking to death on something. Like I think that'd just be the worst way to go out, having to like gasp for air that you're not, you're never gonna get. Yeah, it was like um. I'm just kind of like, it's a very brutal kill. Like, it's kind of a brutal kill. Um, the way it was done was also like, it's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't done where it's like, it was overly gruesome. Like, it's like where she wasn't like coughing up like a bunch of blood. Like, she had like, she was kind of spitting up blood, but it's one of those ones where, um, I don't know. It it was just kind of unique because at the same time, like cell phones were still like relatively new. Like not everybody had a cell phone, and I think she had like a Nokia. I feel like she had a Nokia. Um, which, if you had Nokia back in those days, you're paying uh, like Snake or Nokia Sugar Bowl or Solitary quite a bit. Random cell phone fact from the early two thousands. Not like today, where everybody has a hundred thirty five gigabytes and you know a thousand apps where you can do whatever you want basically have the equivalent of a camera a playstation and um of a, a, a video camera so after that happens so now zoe's taking off the board so now we're down to michael christine tyson margaret and kira michael finds christina tyson well then they are attacked by jacob and ascent and jacob ends up knocking out michael by throwing through glass and Christine and Tyson escape through the elevator shaft um, to the next floor where they're trying to help Kira escape, but then they're interrupted by Jacob again. Uh, Tyson ends up distracting Jacob uh, by electrocuting him with the laser. But when this happens is um, he ends up, Jacob ends up taking the taser from him and uses what they end up finding would be the bank vault to kind of to crush him and keep him and, you know, knock him out when while this is happening christine um christine is end up hiding because she or jacob coming back before that happens before jake comes back we see margaret show up and it sees kira and kira is like asking for her to help we end up finding out that margaret is jacob's mother and margaret and was there to bring officer frank to the hotel to get revenge on frank shooting uh jacob and everything and everything else with the delinquents was a bonus because they're getting rid shredding humanity of the sin of all these delinquent sinners um well margaret wants jacob to kill kira but jacob doesn't want to and you see like he's having like He's having like these flashbacks about washing the sin and Jacob is just like, doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do it. And ends up when Margaret's going to already do herself, Jacob stops her and throws her head head first into a nail on the wall, killing his mother, Margaret. Um, when that happens, Jacob like starts freaking out. He takes Kira out of the, out of the cell and, and is about to kill her. Well, Michael reappears and all the girls and Michael started like beating the shit out of Jacob. And he has this pipe and they're trying to knock him down the, like, uh, down the window. 
and they ended up stabbing him through the eye with the pipe and then he ends up falling through like the atrium and going through the shards and we see this horrible horrible cgi effect of him falling i mean it looked like some 1990s like horrible animated is monster like it was like some more combat annihilation level bullshit cgi i've seen i've seen better playstation one cutscene it's it's pretty bad like his he looks very like as he's falling his cgi body looks very distorted like it literally reminded me of seeing more combat annihilation which has some very shitty cgi that's what it reminded me of it just was not good um but he ends up going through the window as hard as impelled by glass and we actually then see like which was reminiscent of like a ps3 to today's version of Mortal Kombat uh video games where like you see like they have those x-ray moves where you see the actual like his heart his that his his actual heart his insides and the gl- glass implant his heart and you know now he has a hole in his eye and essentially it kills him and that's the end of the movie Yeah, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, that's really that I thought was really freaking cool when when some of them first uh, go when the two first go into the room with the bank vault, the room all over the wall it has dollar dollar bills all over the wall. If you look close enough, every dollar bill has the eyes cut out. Every single one. I did not see that. Yeah, that's, that's some really good attention to detail. But man, can we just talk about the like? Okay, so you know, you know, the movie's over, and Kira and. Is it Christine and Kira? Uh, Christine, yeah. Kira, and Yeah, with Michael, Tyson, right? it looks like he's dead because he was crushed by the brain ball. But, like, I don't think – and he got electrocuted with this thing. I don't know if we ever got, like, definitive – it was yeah. never, like, definitively shown if he was killed. I don't I don't think they ever definitely – but he didn't walk out. Three people walk out at the very end as the movie ends, and it's Michael, Christine, and Kira. Okay, why in the fuck – would you have Kira's abusive ex save them and and leave with them and pretty much yeah be because the at the end of the, the film they're like why did you come save us he's like I didn't want to walk out here by myself and it's kind of like so somehow he some way he grew a heart so he like redeemed him no no fuck that I wanted him to fucking die what that makes no sense it makes no sense when they had somebody like uh t- uh t- Tyson. Tyson could have been the one who could have saved them, and and walked out with them. He 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 would have been fine, but they 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 have the abusive ex like walk out. That, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's the other. I mean, the other part with the two is like as we mentioned, you know, Frank. The whole thing, the way the beginning was done, and Frank losing his arm, and you know, he saw him that he's getting up for work, and he's you know, he has a picture of his you know, his friend who his colleague his partner that was killed by jacob in the beginning of the film it really is set up 
it should be like any classic film. Like he probably sh- he's like you know to give a comparison like Doctor Sam Loomis, Doctor Sam Loomis, he's supposed to be there at the end. He's probably the one who's supposed to save the day and save the girls. And for him to die like especially in the beginning of where we go through the horror scene, I just think is a very like piss piss poor way to to have it done. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it makes the, the whole beginning completely unfucking necessary to do that. Like, why? He, he's supposed to be like a main, you're setting him up to be like this main character who should be the one to finally finish Jacob. But but no, he gets killed like immediately. It's really, really fucking stupid execution in this part. Uh, I will say one other thing that they did good, and uh, I don't think we went over this. So before... Uh, let me make sure I got her name right. Before, uh, before Melissa and Jacob get killed, so the way that they have it is uh, Jacob. Uh, wait, and, and not Jacob. Before Melissa and Russell get killed. Uh, Jacob is, you know, like JR said, Jacob is with Kira and he's got her in the shower and he's trying to, you know, wash away the the sin, get her to open her eyes and wash away the sin. Uh, Melissa and Russell are, are, are attempting to start having sex on, on a bed. And this guy has this amazing setup where he has these strings attached to the bottom of the to like the the springs in the bed that go down into the bottom that that all go down into a bell system he has that shows him what room they're in and if the bed starts squeaking uh then a bell goes off and he knows exactly what room to go to and then he goes in and he has this system where he's got these two-way mirrors where he can just look in these rooms and see and see and see what's going on. I thought that yeah, was there really was. Um, I know one of the ones that was pronounced was like, I believe it was with R- Russell and Melissa, where they're like in this room, and he's like, Oh, and he goes, That's a toy mirror. Then all of a sudden, you see the silhouette of Jacob, and he just goes through the mirror to go after them. And you know, we see that he has like the trip wires, and here's the bell. So, I mean, there was a lot of there was some elements in here that were that I think were done well. I just It, you know, as we're finishing up, I would say like some things that probably changes. I would have Frank probably be the savior because he finally got revenge on Jacob for killing his partner, taking his arm. With the, the all the death scenes, I think you know for the most part are pretty done well. I would probably honestly just get rid of like I don't know if I would do the whole eye thing, especially the other thing too is like with like. I think they're also trying to make him like I said, Carrie meets Slasher, but it's like Carrie meets Jason because like you have that thing where like Jason gets hit with the pipe in the back of the head and you see like all these maggots and bucks come out. And I'm just like, yeah. And, and his connection to his mother, even though Jason would never kill, Jason would never kill his mom, but it still plays into, they were basically trying to, Make Jason, uh, Jake could not be Jason Voorhees, sort of, and then have his mom be Carrie's mom. It, it she's like she's Carrie's mom, like times 10. If Carrie's mom decided to start, uh, orchestrating the killings of, of, of kids, 
I, I would probably do less of like the whole insects things and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't do that at all. I would just have him like they survived the gunshot and she's been caring for him. And yeah, yeah, I definitely would have got rid of the maggots. Uh, would have definitely had Frank uh, be the one to save everybody at the end, or like maybe if he didn't even make it all the way to the end credits, if he just was the one who had the final showdown with Jacob and say, and you know, was the savior. And I would definitely have killed Michael at the fucking beginning in some horrific fucking way, and had Tyson be the one that walked out with yeah. the other two girls. And definitely would have got rid of that fucking CGI at the end. And I think that that's another big part too. Is like I think they did such a good like I think the prime example is like was shooting. So like the death scene um, with the dogs, it's like they did it into a way where it's like it didn't look it didn't look fake. Like the way you saw it, like it was done in a way to make it look like it wasn't fake prosthetics or it wasn't done like CGI. So it's like you could just had him fall. Like that's it. He just fell. And yeah, and, and and from what I read, you know, you know, this is a, a professional wrestler. This is Kane. Uh, he 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 did uh, most, if not all, of his stunts I mean, as well. So I mean, literally, could have easily done a fall. He thing. she hits him with the pipe. He falls, and you see the cutaway, or like you see him, you see the people, and then you hear that you could even have like broken glass. And then you look, and then they then it cuts back, and he's down on the ground, and he's not moving. It's like that's it. He's yeah, death scene one hundred percent need to be redone. Uh, but, but but you know, besides you know you know th- th- there's a lot of shitty things. You know, it, the movie even though it goes pat goes fast, it has really terrible pacing because it just like when he shows up immediately and 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 kill once he kills his first person. Everybody keeps starts dropping like flies, and you honestly have uh, there's not enough time for character development to even really give a shit about anybody in this movie. I mean, it's it really is like they saw Friday the Thirteenth, fill in the blank, three, four, five, six, and they're just like copy, rinse, repeat. But and the way that it was shot was you ended up losing character, like Christina and. Like Christina and Kara were the survivors, and Christina had the more prominent role. But all of a sudden, like now you're getting away from people because it's like you see you see Christina in the beginning, but it's like, oh, now we gotta go Russell, you know, Russell and Melissa. Oh, now we gotta go Zoe and Michael. Oh, now we gotta it's like you're working your way, and then all of a sudden now you gotta come back to this person. And yeah, the it just it wasn't good pacing. It just was too segregated. Like they segregated everybody away from each other um, from the very beginning. And I, I, I think with the except like the kills, the kills were really good, but I think there's a lot of things that could have been re- reformulated with this film. Like this isn't, you know, I think let's just get into reviews. And so I'll give this, you know, if we say, you might as well do eyeballs because it's named City. I would give this one and a half because of the kills. I think the kills, you know, for the most part, were done very well. I like certain aspects of it, like the two-way mirrors, like the bells. Um, and with that said, this is a film like I probably wouldn't watch again unless we were doing another review. 
It it has not good pacing, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I think the, some wrong people died. Frank should have lived. Michael should have died. Um, I don't. They think they did a lot of unnecessary things because they were trying to make a carbon copy of a slasher film. Like, and I really think it was Friday the Thirteenth that they were trying to make a copy off of when they didn't need to. And so, which is why you see like you know maggots in one part of his head that has a hole, like the one part, like you know where Jason is essentially like his whole body falls apart. Like there's a reason why he looks the way he does. So, um, the you don't there's no memorable characters. I mean, Christina is very forgettable. You know, Kira is very forgettable, and Michael is very forgettable. So, like, so this is a movie you'd watch and you'd be like, all right, I watched it and I never got to see it again. Yeah, you, you pretty much summed up how everything I feel about this movie. Uh, you know, pacing sucks. You, you don't give a shit about any of these characters. They, they don't give you time to care about any of these characters. The kills are great. I mean, most of the kills are really good. I'll give them that. Uh, I actually like the character of Jacob Goodnight. It has some redeeming qualities. I, I can, you know, uh, they what they did here that they put into the sequel, and the sequel just they nailed everything in the sequel. I wish they could have done this this movie like the sequel, but but they didn't. But yeah, like they they killed the wrong people. A lot of unnecessary stuff. CGI fucking fucking terrible. Some of the worst stuff I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Who were a little bit harsher than I was on the rating? Uh, I'm gonna give it. You know, like I said, it's a. This isn't. This is by no means a good movie. It's, but you know, it's it's not it's not the worst thing I've seen. It has some redeeming qualities. Would I watch it again though? If I wasn't being forced to, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, and maybe if I'm bored enough and just don't have anything else to watch, maybe I'm gonna give it two and a half eyeballs out of five. But yeah, uh, you know, like I said, this one not that great. The sequel, though, we we can't we, we can't stress how good the fucking sequel is. This they really turned it up and fixed everything wrong with this with this series. And honestly, I want them to do another one, hopefully like the sequel, but continuation of the sequel. Because look at that, Jacob Goodnight could be a good horror character if they continue doing what they established in the sequel. But I mean. That's all I'll say about that. I it's just for me the reason why I'm so harsh is like I just it's a film out of all the ones we covered. God, I mean this is uh, by far Black Christmas 2006 was fucking the worst one I've ever seen. The worst one, of the worst films I've ever seen. I would never watch that even God, if it was a review. I'd boycott it. <laughs> um, I just but I I, I I feel like I. Off the top of my head, I know I gave a two to another movie that I would watch again. This just is one that I wouldn't watch again. I mean, I think they had a lot of, as I mentioned, I think they had a lot of ideas. I think, but you definitely see where the lack of experience of a director, a producer, um, lack of even actors who've been in horror 
Like there just isn't, you know, somebody, there's some people who came up with ideas like that, like it was there, but there was nobody there with experience to like take those idea and mold them to make it a movie. That's like, you know what? This actually could be a pretty good movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if, I think if, if they would have gotten a better draft, and, and you know, honestly, you know, you 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 know, I, I know we're, we're we may be you know shitting on this movie some, but you know, for this to be this guy's first ever full feature film that wasn't you know other than doing a music video, a few music videos and documentaries, this this isn't bad for, for a first try. Honestly, like I see a lot of potential, honestly here. It's just you know executing stuff better, and you know fixing some some mistakes here and there. But I mean, I, I see potential, and I got to give them to me. It's not bad for your first for your first film. I mean, so that essentially wraps up you know this week's cover as we did see no evil, and as we are, we as we're moving on, what we have. I believe our next one's coming up. We're going to bring a special guest in our next one. If Craig me if I'm wrong, Kyle. Yes, yes, we are. But okay. Well, we won't reveal the guest yet. I... But, but yes, next week we are going to be talking about a a movie I haven't seen since I saw it in theaters. Not because it's not good. It's a wonderful. It's a great movie. Really powerful film. But it's very heavy, and so it's like a movie that uh, that you know it's not one that I re- revisit often, just because of how heavy the heavy the material is and stuff. It's not one you can just sit down and just watch for enjoyment all the time. But uh, we're we're talking about uh, uh, we're going to be talking about Ari Aster's Midsummer, which you know that's going to be a fun film. To talk about, especially with our special guest. Have, have, no, have you I seen have Midsummer not. yet, Jailer? Oh, you are in for a treat. You are in for a treat. <laughs> it's a. Uh, have you seen Hereditary? No, I have not. Oh, oh, buddy. I don't think you've been introduced to Ari Aster you're in for a heavy freaking movie that is going to screw with your mind. Well, fortunately for me, there's not a lot, uh, not a lot left up there to be screwed with. So, but um, no, I'm looking forward to it because I've heard good things about this film. I know our guests that we will hold oh, off. Yeah, um, really I'm excited good. to talk to them about this film because I know that they enjoyed it and which is why they're coming to talk to us about. So, um, so it's you know for me one of the good things about doing the show with you is not not just getting a chance to talk about some of my favorite films but talk to other people about their favorite films but in addition to that as i everybody knows me i'm my core is slasher so when you get out of that realm into other realms it you know broadens your horizons you get a chance to see some other cool things and that's what i you know excited to cover this next film 
yeah, it's 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 gonna be a fun one. I I can't I can't wait to talk about it, especially since you you've never seen it before. Man, I I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're filming it midsummer next week. Uh, but th- that's all for this week. Uh, I guess we'll we'll start wrapping this one up. Uh, any uh any plugs or final thoughts before we, um, we close it no i mean our let's make sure give our plug to um i'll plug our network let's our at our slashing class network podcast uh it's on twitter at snc network also if you go to slash s l a s h n cast.network you will see all of our uh sister um podcasters you know such as apocalypse and review uh we came from beneath the sea um murder moose podcasts and uh the silver silver screen scream show and so many others you know we're so proud and fortunate to be part of um the slash and cast network with some amazing podcasters who i was like i can never just say how honored i am to be part of them i love them uh so much and uh so I just want to make sure to give a shout out to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. We absolutely love being part of the Slashcast podcast network and love, um, love every show on the network. Uh, I listen to just about every one of them. It's, it's, it's a lot of shows, but it's, it's great. It's good times. I'll, I always have something to listen to. I'm, you know, obsessed with listening to horror podcasts. So I always have something to listen to. Uh, being subscribed to all the shows. Uh, also, want to besides uh, plugging the network, uh, you know, as always, plug our uh, plug our good friend and amazing editor of our show, uh, Carmen Childers, uh, Carmen Childers com or at uh, Carmen M. Childers on Twitter. Yeah, and our our brother is doing a lot of good things. You know, being commentary on New South, and he's also doing some work with the. Uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas, who is a single, uh, excuse me, a double A affiliate yes. of the Anaheim Angels, I just read today, and I'm not gonna lie, when I I heard about it and saw the mascot, I I'm looking at getting some uh, a hat from the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas because I thought it's a cool mascot, and uh, as soon as I see one in stock that's my size, I'm definitely gonna order it. So I, I always love and appreciate um our editor who definitely makes me sound better than I am, uh, Carmen Michael. So. Uh, definitely give him a shout out as well. Oh yeah, he's 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 a great he he's a great guy, good friend of mine, and uh, you know besides doing all this, he's also commentary for my favorite indie promotion, uh, New South Pro Wrestling, who I go to almost every show at. And if if you're listening, and you've never seen New South uh, show if you're and you're not in the area. You can catch them on IWTV.com. That's, in, that's, uh, that's independentwrestlingtv.com. On uh, on Tuesdays, uh, they have a weekly show called Action Clash, and it's it starts at uh, seven o'clock uh, 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 Central Standard Time, and it's it's a great show. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. But to uh, but you know before we close out, we just want to thank everybody for. Takes time to listen to us. Uh, whether you're you're a returning listener or you're a new listener, you know, you know, th- th- thanks so much for checking us out. You know, this is pretty much why we do this. Besides wanting to 
just chat with each other and have somebody to talk about with horror, uh, our love for horror with. Uh, it's, you know, to, to give people something to listen to. We very much appreciate the support that you've all shown us. Uh, I can't believe how many, uh, how supportive people have been since we've started this from the very beginning and even till now. I mean, we're almost on our 30th episode. Next week will be our 30th episode. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just happy that we finally got a chance to do this. I know uh, we talked about this for a while and do this, and you know, here we are finally doing this, about to do our 30 episodes in. I'm, I'm excited. This is like uh, one of my favorite things to record, and, and just doing this as uh, it, it kind of gave me the podcasting bug. I mean, before this, I had an AEW podcast that, that I do, which I, I still do that as well. But I've also added uh, a another podcast that I do weekly with my friend Carmen Childers and my, my other friend Kyle Davis. We do a TNA podcast where uh, called Total Nonstop Analysis, where uh, Carmen is a big TNA fan. He grew up watching TNA. Me and Davis did not watch TNA uh, when we were growing up, so we're going back and watching TNA for the first time, and we do a podcast on it, and it, it, it's pretty, it, it, it's pretty great. I don't know why. If you're a fan of uh, TNA wrestling, or just want to listen to some old school wrestling podcasts, uh, uh, it'd be cool if you checked us out. But uh, but uh, that's all for for today. You know, like I said, just thank everybody for the support. Uh, if you uh, if you want to, you know, you know, um, you know, I understand. You know, some people have mixed feelings about it. You know, I I get it, but you know, I highly recommend get vaccinated. Uh, continue wearing your mask and everything. You know, continue to social distance, and you know, we're getting close to getting back to like a normal normal way of life finally and I'm, I'm happy to see it but I want everybody to still continue to, to stay safe and everything and uh, also I'd like to recommend uh, uh, for anyone who, who who may have been like me and like you know just, just drunk a bunch of soda and, and stuff every day uh, try and cut back on soda and replace it with water uh, uh, just this last month uh, I've, uh, I haven't stopped drinking soda completely. You know, I, I was drinking a lot, but I've I've kept, I've cut my soda intake down to just two a day. That's like my limit. I don't go over that, and I'm I'm trying to slowly do that and start start off with that and slowly wean myself off of it to where I can cut soda out completely. But I, other than that, I just drink no, nothing but water. And man, I have I have felt so much better since doing that and drinking more water i just i feel more healthier uh it's easier to wake up i'm I'm not as sleepy anymore during the day and i've been going to the gym five days a week and i just feel so much better it i I wish i would have done this way earlier or at least stuck stuck to it when i was doing it till now but man it's been great uh, uh getting back in shape and uh trying to get healthier I know you. Uh, you do some fitness. Oh yeah, I mean, you get a six pack. You're not gonna lose thirty pounds in a day. It, it comes with time and and effort. And um, I always tell people, uh, give it two weeks. You know, stay consistent for two weeks, and after two weeks, it slowly starts becoming a routine. And take it day by day from there. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. It's a uh, you know, just uh, you know, just try try and do something to you know a little bit to try and do something healthier each each day, and it, it it'll once you once you once you get into a routine, uh, whether you're going to the gym or you know walking or you know trying to cut back on soda or trying to eat eat better or something. Well, once you get over the hump of like uh, of, of of trying of forcing yourself to do it every day, once you slow, once you get to that point where it's not hard to do every day, you you just do it naturally. It's it's so much easier and it, it's it's so much better. I can't recommend it enough, especially drinking water. God, man, the the effects of just drinking water of drinking mostly water every day for a month. The effects it's, it's had on me is just amazing. I feel so much better now. Wish I would have done it way, way earlier. But, uh, but yeah, we won't uh, keep chatting about that. But anyway, uh, but like I said, we said uh, thank everybody for checking us out. Uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Uh, we appreciate it. We hope you'll join us next week as we're talking about Ari Aster's Midsummer. And uh, we hope you all have a good night, good evening. Good morning, whatever time it is you're listening to us. Uh, just uh, uh, thank you, and uh, tune in next week. And with that, we must uh, bid you do goodbye, good night, stay creepy.